Hey, everybody. Bill here, CEO of Focus Lab, a global B2B brand agency. Today, I'm back with another great episode of The Debrief. As a reminder, The Debrief is a candid conversation between myself and past Focus Lab clients. In these conversations, we pull back the curtain and bring clarity to what the rebrand journey is truly like from the client side. If you're considering a rebrand and curious about how it all goes down, this is the series for you. Okay, so today I spoke with Matt, uh, co-founder of Openly, and Chris, who is the COO of Openly. We had the pleasure of working with Openly uh, just about three years ago now. It was three years ago when they first reached out. And wow, they've come a long way. So when they first reached out, they were a seed stage company, uh, about 12, 13 people. Three years go by. They've uh, successfully raised their Series C now, and they are over 300 people. So we spend um, we spend some time talking about what it was like to rebrand that early as a seed stage company. Um, we talk about what the most challenging aspect was, why it was better for them to brand early versus branding now, uh, the result that they've seen early and um, and now late uh, three years into the rebrand and the return they're getting on that. So another fantastic conversation, a lot of valuable insight from these two past partners of ours. I uh, really hope you enjoy. All right, fellas. Hello, hello. It's been a long time since we last chatted. I think it's been a couple years, at least with me specifically. I know you've interacted with the team and had some additional work, but it's been a couple years since we've talked. So I'm really excited to talk to you all about the openly rebrand experience, right? We worked together uh, and went through that. And I want you to share your experience with the viewers and the listeners. But before we go there, let me just lead us out with a couple things. Uh, I went hunting today and the date, Matt, that you reached out to us for the openly stuff, uh, the rebrand specifically was October 27th, 2019. That feels like 28 years ago. Yeah. Does it feel that way to you? Yes. Chris and I met for a few minutes before this call just to like rehash like what was going on. And I can't, I can't believe it's been that many years. You're like, yeah. what? That was life before COVID. That was life when we were 20 people. That was, <laughs> yes. Sorry, right. I want to hear all, all that because when I was doing the same thing, I was trying to figure out, well, how big, like, where were you at in your business life cycle? Still a seed stage. <laughs> Right. And now you're a series C you've come a long yeah, way a long in that way. amount of time. I can only imagine opening with just a few states or one. I don't know. We can talk about that. And then now to however many you are now that openly um, is offering their services to. So we'll get to all of that. But I, I did, uh, I looked back. Cause we were, we, uh, we, we were talking about this morning and I was like, we were saying like, that was right around when we sold our first policy. It was actually two days. Yeah. We sold our first policy two days before uh, we were chatting, uh, before Matt, Matt was chatting with you. But I knew it was going to be bad. I was like, we're going to need a rebrand. We haven't sold anything yet, but we're going to need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, and let's make sure we get to that because it's a yeah. really important point. I think there is this dilemma in a lot of founders' minds of, well, we don't need that yet. Yeah. And I think there are two different tracks. I think some people cannot do it yet and still be successful, but some people really believe in the idea of doing it earlier and what that then brings to the table and allows them to do earlier versus later. And I want to definitely talk about that with you all because uh, you're obviously a great example of that. So 
Uh, but before we get into the actual questions, can we take a minute? I can have each one of you just introduce yourselves and tell us what you're building, what you do at Openly, et cetera. Sure. So um, I'll go first. My name is Matt Wilbot. Um, I'm the Chief Technology Officer um, and one of the two founders. Um, I am in charge of all things technology and engineering at Openly. Um, we're about 60 engineers, um, 300 people at the, at the company. Um, and my background is always, I've always been a computer engineer. Um, I worked at a large investment bank for years, uh, but left kind of before I became a lifer there. Started a few startups, um, have worked with you, Bill, and Focus Lab before in a prior startup. Yeah. Um, so now I'm here at Openly, and it's been an amazing five plus year journey. It's wild. Um, I'm, I'm Chris Bacon, I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Openly. Um, I was the first non engineering, non actuary hire for, for Openly. So um, my team, uh, Matt mentioned we're about 300 people. I've got about half the organization um, in, in, in my, my team, and, and we do all of the things that touch all of our stakeholders. So if it's an agent, uh, we're talking with them on trying to drive more sales, servicing their existing relationships. We manage our claim, and uh, my team manages all the claims. So anytime a policyholder has an issue, they need to file a claim, we deliver on our promise. Um, they were, we're working with my team. And then we also have, um, uh, all of our employees. So the people operations organization reports, uh, to me as well. So, um, kind of think about it from that whole stakeholder perspective, agents, customers, and, and employees. Yeah. So not a, not a very big deal is what you're saying. <laughs> very not small a lot sports. going on. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty small. <laughs> There's just a lot of extra time. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, thank you both. Um, wow. 300 people. Just you dropping that number in my brain, I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Focus Lab yeah. is 36. It feels like a lot to me, right? As an owner, founder, uh, I can't imagine what 300 feels like. And what what size do you think you were again when you reached out? Maybe 20? Not even. I think it was smaller than 20 because we were 20 yeah. when we, when we, no, we were, we were smaller than 20, right? Chris? I think it was, I think he, it was 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Ooh, early, early days. Thing. 12 or 30, yeah. that was like a big deal. Yeah. We had like people that, you know, really depended on us. We had an office. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, I'm, I'm assuming if you thought about 300, it wasn't like, I, you know, can't wrap my arms around that yet. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah. But that sounds like a lot. Yeah. And here you are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go back then and let's try to sit in that moment. So as a very early seed stage startup, you had the wherewithal to say, I think investing in brand this early is going to be important. Why did you make that decision? Yeah, I think there was a, a couple of different things. One, we, like you said, we had just raised money. It was our first round. So we had some money to pay for good branding. Um, but, but kind of less tongue in cheek, I, Chris and I, and the rest of the leadership team at that point, we don't have any background in marketing in in branding in design right we were actuaries and engineers and and insurance operations people we we knew that we wanted that this was going to be a very visual brand people were going to be aware of us um and so we couldn't do it so we knew that we had to bring someone else in-house to help us do that um and that and so yeah i think that that was a, that was a big part of it and the other part of it was our logo at that point was basically a font that I had downloaded and made a couple of changes to. Um, our imagery was just free 
photos that I downloaded from some websites, a royalty-free website. Our website was a Squarespace site, right? And we're about to sell our first policy and be an insurance company that is going to be in 48 states and selling millions of dollars. And it's just, you know, we, we knew we need we knew we needed to level up. Yeah, we one of the other things too is like our target market is a higher end customer. It, it is someone who, you know, is looking for a certain appearance, right? Like at, at the end of the yeah. day, you're looking for a certain level of sophistication. And and that was something that, um, you know, as we're piecing together a Squarespace website, it was very quick that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, if, if you've got a policyholder going to the website, looking to see like, who exactly are, are these guys? Um, who is, who is openly like, we want them to think, oh, this is sophistication. This is like, they have, they have their, their act together. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Good point. So, you know, brand, much of brand is perception, but that doesn't mean lying, but it does yeah. mean expressing your, yourself in a way that you are perceived accurately. So you could, you can be as talented as you all are, but if, if you don't express yourself as that, then you're going to be perceived as weak not trustworthy in, in signing up for an insurance policy, et cetera. I, I think you hit it exactly on the head. Though it's we all consider ourselves nerds, right? And and we believe that we've built this very sophisticated insurance company, but but we don't we didn't believe that we had the abilities to to properly express that in a way that that is easily conveyed to our to our consumer and, and, and clients. And so that that's where we needed the branding to come. Yeah. Fantastic. Was there any fear in investing in brand that early? Was there any pushback internally where maybe Matt, maybe you were a huge proponent, but maybe others weren't. I'm just curious. Yeah, there definitely was a lot of interest. And I, I think there was, it's, it's funny because I think there, there definitely was interest, but there was also apprehension, right? Like we, we, we knew very quickly that, that brand and designing a marketing strategy and a brand strategy that was not our our areas of strength and, and we knew we needed to bring someone in to to really help guide us down that path towards where we needed to get to but at the same time we were also still a really small company that really liked to have control over everything that we did and mm. so there was that level of okay the fact that that matt had worked with you all before that was that was the thing that got i think uh you know wherever there was a little apprehension got us over that hurdle of like this is a team that we can trust. These are people that we can we can trust to, to to help guide us down that path. Yeah, great. And our process is built to do all of that essentially, right? To build the client into the process. It's very collaborative. It's it is very high touch. Yeah. Um, and y'all got to experience. I'm glad that I don't think that the apprehension was so much about like, is this the right thing? Or is this the right team that's going to work with us? I think it was probably more about the time commitment. We're launching mm. this company. We're selling our first policies. Everything is high priority right now. Do we really want to distract ourselves by focusing on something that's probably going to be important a year or two from now? But if we don't start it now, we're going to wish we did, you know, and that, that whole mind game. Yeah. And maybe we'll get to this a little bit later, too. The time commitment is large. Right. It's not anything to shake a stick at. It's like it's not one of these scenarios. We say, oh, we're going to go through the rebrand. We're going to hide, find experts, hire them and we're just going to let them do their thing. And we can just sit back and we're going to get this awesome present at the end. It's like, no, no, we're going to climb this mountain together. The climb is going to be hard for both of us, but worth it. Right. It's worth the journey uh, is absolutely worth it. So 
this question that is silly. Well, maybe it's not, which is what were you looking for in the partner? What were you looking for in the agency when you considered now it's time to rebrand? I say it's silly because I think I know, like we had previously worked together. I know what maybe was important to you, but let's let's still have you talk about it. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think having the partnership and having the experience of of that that Matt had with you was really important. Um, I think the way you all laid it out as well for us really helped us. We're very we're very process driven people and very structured, and like we like we like we like things to flow in a in a very normal path. And I think what you took was a, a level of ambiguity for from a due to the fact that it's a very creative process and and made it very structured for us to be able to say, okay, we got to chunk off this step in the process first. And and you lay that out really early on for us. The team did a really great job of getting us to a point where, I mean, I, I looked at this coming in, this is the first time I've done anything like this. I had no idea what to expect. And I saw this really ambiguous concept that we wanted to lay out. And you were able to get me over a lot of different hurdles of, okay, I can piece myself through this. I can get myself to a point where I get it. I understand it. And that's, that's how, that's how a lot of us, a lot of us think uh, at openly. Yeah. I, I can tell you that within our company, I also have a lot of process minded people as well. And what you're seeing there is a result of that. So me as a art student and just a pure creative an entrepreneur and you know other things now, but really as a pure creative, um, I could have in an alternate world built a creative company that still was not as processy, right? I would have been like, oh, it's a creative process, and you know we'll get there when we get there. But thankfully, I have a really strong, talented team that is very process oriented. So we've been able to basically build both together and have high creative output, but within a really um, expected process on the client side. We know exactly what day we're going to get certain things. We know why we're going to get this before this. We know what we need to do before the next thing we get it. Um, it's building the machine. And I think maybe sometimes agencies fear building the machine because it would reduce creativity, but that's not true. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, having I think, very mm -hmm. set deadlines too. Sorry, Matt. So I, I think you have very, having those set deadlines, really forced us. So like, like Matt was saying, like, there's so many things that we were trying to accomplish and everything was, we were running towards a lot of different goals and we had to, we we're, you know, we're just starting to sell business and, and starting to get this company up and running, but having those deadlines, it forced us to say, okay, we need to commit X number of hours this week and we have to have it done by, you know, by, by Wednesday morning, like we got to have this done. Okay. Let's, let's knock this out. Like let's, let's just, let, let's sit down and really focus. Did that pressure feel hard for you all? That kind of never ending wheel week to week of got to get our feedback in, got to do this, got to do that. It was hard. It was a lot of Sunday nights. Like our homework is due Monday morning. We got to get it done. Yes. It, I mean, it, it's hard, but it, it also pushed us. It pushed us to make decisions. Right. So that was one of the other things too, is it, we could kind of waffle on something back and forth. But then at the end of the, at the, at the end of a session, we say, well, we, we've got to give them something. We, we need mm -hmm. to kind of, they need to make a decision. And, and, you know, they, they may put, you know, the team may push back on us, but we need to at least make a decision. Yeah. And, I mean, it was also nice because if your team had 
was able to deliver things on a week by week basis. So we, we, we could immediately see the fruits of our labor, right? That, okay, yeah. well, we'll get our homework done. And then in four days, we're going to see something awesome. So like, it's worth it yeah. versus like putting a lot of work. And then at the end of three months, like getting something and hoping is the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for spending time on that because I do think that is a, one of the more challenging aspects of a rebrand project for just about all clients. It is that like uncomfortable tension of, I would love more time to sit with this, but I have to get you some version of feedback so we can keep the ball rolling. And I think some organizations really see that as a positive. Hey, this is going to force us to get this thing done and we're still going to get it done well. Some really struggle with that because of the word it's going to force us where that can lead them to believe in being forced, we might make bad decisions. We might feel rushed. It's a very natural tension and sometimes it's very uncomfortable, but I'm glad you brought it up because it is there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also add that, you know, it's the challenge of, of, of getting our, our work done. Right. So, so you have the input that you need, but then I think there's also the challenge of us getting all aligned on, on that. Yeah. It, we, we were, it was really early stage, right? We, a lot of us had just started working together three, four or five months before. Some of us had different visions for what the company was going to become. And so this was really an opportunity for us to get aligned on some of those things. And, and it was difficult. It was, it was like eating your vegetable. Everybody had to have some heart to hearts. <laughs> uh, what, what this really meant, right? You're asking questions about what, you know, what are the core values of this business? Well, we'd never written down our core values. Should we do that? Well, what do you think is important in our business? Um, and so I think, I think that the, the questions that you asked led to things in alignment on things that went way beyond the brand and led to, we have this culture of values thing that we present to every new employee. And that came out of this. And it was, it's fantastic. I love that. We, uh, we've started to now say, basically, you're not buying a rebrand, you're buying organizational clarity, right? And that goes bigger and broader to all the things being forced to sit down and say, okay, if we were given the opportunity, we probably would sit down and discuss something else, product features and other things that are more kind of in the weeds. But going through the rebrand process, it really forces you to sit down and think more holistically, more broad and at the brand level. So great. Uh, okay, so we get to, so you decide to work with Focus Lab. Uh, we were obviously very excited to see your email come through, Matt, because we had previously worked together and we knew the relationship would be locked tight. Uh, so we get into the project and we've covered some of this now, but I'm curious to hear from each of you, what did you think was the most challenging aspect of the project? The lack of, of control, right? That it's something that was so, so new to us. We had this this part of the business that we were trying to build, but we weren't brand experts, we weren't creatives. Um, and so we really had to fully kind of trust your team in in delivering that for us. And obviously, you know, you're gonna ask us for a lot of input, but as as much as possible, we wanna just say, you're the experts, please. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that is definitely the 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 piece there. I think a really taking that and I think taking like that really ambiguous concept of what we're trying to accomplish here and then being able to to step it down like for me getting over that initial hurdle was a really big one of 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 whoa we're gonna redo everything and this is not just this is not just like <laughs> we're gonna create a new logo and we're gonna we're gonna define some colors and some fonts and and things like that and I think the 
understanding what it meant to get it into the organization uh, was was learning from how you and your your other clients have have gotten the the, the teams to that point of being able to okay th- we're we we understand the concept of behind why and that we're all in and we're ready to go with it um, yeah I think I think that was to me like that first step was okay we got to get all over this stuff and there's a ton of work we got to do we got to get all these stuff done and then we have to implement it. And like yes. that became a huge challenge of like, we got to, first off, we got to get to make sure everyone buys into this. And and we had been growing as a company. And so like, there were a lot of new, new folks by the time that we actually rolled this out that weren't, that hadn't gone through the journey with us. And cause we were, we were, we're a very transparent team. And so we were giving the existing team a lot of, a lot of uh, updates and insight into what we're doing. And so now we've got all these new folks that are kind of saying, well, what are, what, what are we doing? And so we had to get them over that. And then we had to go down and track everything down. And that became a lot, a lot of fun as well, of like getting everything into market there. I mean, I, I, a lot of fun, interesting word choice. (laughs) (laughs) There were were many, there were many, many, uh, many times where it's like every once in a while, you'd still find something, Uh, you know, like like a year later, you'd be like, wait, why is it the old logo? We never, we never caught that one. Okay. Let's get that one updated. Imagine your company's 20 years old when you do this. Yeah. Oh, I can't How imagine. Much brand debt there is floating around. It's uh it's unimaginable really, I think for some of these companies how much they need to update. Now some of these we've worked with companies this is a little bit off track and editing team cut it out if you want, it doesn't matter, but like we've worked with companies that are so long in their brand history that they're like we can't even afford to change the color. We have to stay the same color. Because if we change the color, I literally have to buy thousands of new chairs because all our chairs are purple. Every wall is purple. Like just a lift on the color change difference. We'd like they'd have to spend millions of dollars. So they'll say, like, if it works, <clears throat> can we keep the same color? Everything else is up for grabs, but it's just so much stuff to update. Um, yes. Uh, and on the like implementation side, executing and doing all that work, we've recognized since working with you all that that is such a lift that we've built an, an additional service around that to say, let us stay on and help you build out all these assets because maybe you don't even have your first designer yet. Maybe you have your first couple designers and writers, but they're busy doing other stuff and you need somebody to really work through old to new, old to new, old to new, old to new pitch decks, sales decks. All marketing needs. I actually think that we may have been one of your first, one of your first clients in that because I remember you you pitching. Like I remember sending you an email and saying, "Hey, we're really excited that we're done with this branding, but now we've got to update all of these assets." Um, and and like, so we hire you for some for some side work, and you're like, "Actually, we're just trying that out." So <laughs> yes, yeah, that was almost like our beta, if you will. We knew yeah. it would work, right? It wasn't a foreign thing to us. It was just kind of a different, it's a little bit of a different business model, still designing stuff, still writing things. So it's our core competency. Um, so yeah, actually, you're, I think you're right. I think you were literally like the first. Uh, and now the vast majority of our clients stay on to get that because everybody needs it or else you're stuck finding freelancers. Yeah. Yeah. All of our PowerPoint decks are still the template that you design that, that originally our, our letterhead is still the same. Yeah. All those assets are now, we, been years we use, now, right? Yeah, years, yeah. yeah. We, we use a lot yeah. of the, the, a lot of the imagery and the, the the designs within the website as we've 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 rolled out 
uh, you know, an enhancement to, to our website, um, you know, but we're still all of the, the foundations of what you helped us build and design, like they're still absolutely all, they're all still there. Yeah, that's a fantastic takeaway for founders that are going to watch this too. Like you're talking seed stage, sub 20 person team to now 300, and you're still working off of that same foundation. You can make that investment early and it doesn't mean you got to go redo it all as you grow and really figure out who you are. You can do a lot of the figuring out of who the hell you are, even at that size. It feels it feels maybe a little bit more unknown because you're really having to figure it out in the moment. And you certainly will learn things as you grow, as you all have. But it doesn't mean the brand needs to change. And I think that's an important distinction people need to know. If you know really what you care about and what you're trying to build, your product can change. Your offering can change. It doesn't mean your brand is now dynamically broken. What you care about and how you operate in your culture and, and all those things should still be the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was the most challenging. What was the most surprising? What was the, the most like, oh, I didn't know that would happen or I didn't expect that outcome? How quickly it's become a focal part of our business. And, and I, and I, and I mean that a lot with our, with mm -hmm. our, with our, with our, um, our part, our agent partners that so, so, you know, we, we go to, we go to trade shows and we, we, with different, uh, agent associations all across the country. And, and like, we have become like, we're known as like, people will walk up to us and still, I was at, I was at, a, I was at an event a couple months ago and we still have agents come up to us and be like, that is just a clean, beautiful logo. And I, it's like, there's like, this is great. And like, uh, we, this, the, the swag that our agents, like you can, like, I think Matt's got one of the fingers there and it's like, like we've got like, there's, if you go onto LinkedIn, yep. The, oh, nice. the, my sales team, our sales team will go out to agencies and like, they'll be like the team picture and like those foam fingers are everywhere. And it's like, it's become like, and you can see like Matt and I are both got our, yep. our sweatshirts on with the same, same logos and the same designs and the same this colors. And, and this isn't just for. <laughs> the agents will sit in the like someone will get a sweatshirt whether one of the sales teams will do something and we'll run a small contest or something and one of the prizes is an Oakley hoodie or something like this and like you'll see other agents in other parts of the country being like hey how do I get one of those where's mine like I, it's it's it, that's the, the most surprising thing for me is like how quickly like it's becomes a, a major part of who we are yeah and that's very unusual I think in our industry like you have a lot of dodgy insurance company. I don't think a lot of agents. Which is probably like, why it's happening. Yeah. And right? they don't, they, they don't really, you know, yearn to have a lot of that, you know, swag yeah. that they're wearing. But with openly, for some reason, we're the, we're the cool kids, which I will, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's because of how you are building your business and the brand and what it, what it represents. So I'm not even going to try to have focus. I take credit on, you know, designer words or whatever it is, but it is the fact that you care to be different, invested in that. And now we're expressing that people are like, I want to, I want some of that. It, it really, it's very true. It, we, we've really been able to, to lean into it and it's, it's, you know, employees are the same way. Like I, yeah. it's employees are, are so excited when we can find ways to, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do a, we're gonna do some sort of an of internal contest. And it's like, oh, the prize is openly swag. Great! Like they're just <laughs> yeah. like jumping in, they're all in. Love like, I would I would spend my own money on it. Like they're like they they love that you know everyone loves their openly stuff. My I mean my wife does too. My my wife walks around with a with an openly uh, openly winter jacket on, and it's like it's everywhere. <laughs> Sounds like y'all need a merch store. 
Oh yeah, we're working new, on new business it, 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 <laughs> One of the things that was pretty contentious when we were in a design process was the idea of the of the slant, right? Yes. We I remember when 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 your team pitched that to us. You know, we loved we loved the idea of this kind of cursive logo, but the slant we just could not wrap our heads around. And it, it you know it was one of those really forward thinking things that was a little edgier. And we kept pushing back and saying, oh, like, let's do it, you know, another way. And finally, you, you, your, your team had put together a proposal of like what it would look like without the slant. And we all took a look at it and immediately looked at each other and said, no, no, the slant, slant is much better. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was, I think that was just surprising, right? Like your initial reaction to some of these things is, is not always the right one, like sleep on it for a day or in our case, you know, week, two weeks. And now it, the slant is one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing. There is no other company that I know of that has that. Nobody asks mm. about it. They just think it works and it looks cool. If there's a big takeaway here, that might be the big one of the episode. It is really hard as a um, non-creatives on the client side, sometimes there are creatives, but generally speaking, non-creative to see these seemingly kind of like a little bit out of the box, maybe for lack of a better word, way of approaching a design solution and saying like, eh, I don't know about that. Sitting on it, like you said, and really letting it simmer for a minute. What a big difference. We see that over and over again. And then so then it's our job to comfortably push back and say, we, we believe this is going to be the best solution for you. You may not love it yet. Maybe let's get through another week of it. Let us try to sell you more on why most people come around. Sometimes it's, it's so uncomfortable though. Uh, and I can empathize with that. I know it's not easy. Happy to see you did though. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a little bit, you know, a little bit vulnerable, a little bit humble, very open, I think if you're yeah. if you're stuck in your ways, don't hire a design firm, right? <laughs> just just do it your way, right? Yeah, it's like why this sounds like the bratty question though, but it's like why go through the exercise if you're not going to be open to really pushing the boundaries? That is what the exercise is for. If you just wanted some simple typed out typeface on a flat line, not to say you could just do that on your own, but eh. Right. Let's really try to be different in the market. That's a that's a key value of branding. Right. Be different. Stand out. That that is exactly. And I think that's that's fundamentally one of the things about about us as a as a, as a company. That is that is absolutely one of our guiding principles is we're going to challenge everything. Like mm -hmm. One of our core values is curiosity. We're going to we're going to constantly be pushing and saying, well, why is that the norm? Why are we going to do it? So it, it was one of those. It's really it's. Fascinating to look back on that experience and say, yeah, we were all absolutely completely opposed to it, but because that's just inherently how we operate and it just takes us a little bit of time and we start asking the question of, well, why not? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's the, that's the point that was like, okay. And then like to Matt's point, like once we saw what it would look like in, in another way, and it was like, Oh no, 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 no. We don't like that. At no, all. We, we like this land. And it was like, you, you all provided a ton of great, guidance and 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 support for your for your for your work that you know that that's what that's what really got us over over the hurdle uh, thank you for that extra explanation chris I, it's it's interesting now to look back on it right because you're saying you're trying to be more of a disruptor i know that word gets overused but to be a more of a disruptor in the industry 
that why wouldn't you want to express that mm-hmm. visually through having something that doesn't look like what other people have? Exactly. It's, it is hard though in the moment, right? Because it's always this psychological game of uh, let's play a little bit more safe. Let's pull mm-hmm. it back a little bit. Um, I think the people that are able to get past that hurdle are really able to to kind of break new ground moving forward as a you know it's like a faster speedier progression in their brand and what it means and how it differentiates as opposed to well it looks cleaner and better still kind of looks like other people though still yeah. kind of safe we turned them into um, neon signs and that was like that was Matt Matt had this amazing neon sign idea and we now take them to every one of our trade shows and it's like and now we have other carriers that are starting to copy us. And so we're seeing, we'll start to see other companies being like, Hey, that's a pretty good idea. And, and so, you know, it's, you know, we'll take it. Well, it's, it's, it's nice to be copied. It's, it's nice to, to, you know, to be the one out there that everyone is, is trying to copy. And, and actually, Bill, I think I have to give your team full credit for the original idea. I think when we worked together at Recite, yes. um, you had put together a neon sign version of that logo. And I, I thought to myself, one day I'm going to do that for openly. And we, we did that. There's a third question here that I, that I ask, and we might have covered it, but what was the most rewarding part of the project? Maybe non obvious. What was the most rewarding when you, when it was all said and done or even now? I think it's the pride the team takes in, in the uniqueness of our brand. And, and there is a genuine pride that's, that every employee takes. Like they, 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 it's, it's not a, it's not, it's, it's, it's not phony. There, there's like, there's a tremendous amount of pride that the, that the organization has in, in what we, what we are, what we do. I mean, pe- people will talk about the, the, the purple and there's such a level of excitement at all different levels of the organization about, about that. And I think that's, that, that is, that is absolutely the most rewarding thing to be able to see the, the pride that the team takes in it. You got a plus one that one, Matt. Your plus one. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the best answer that that I yeah, that could get to. I think um, it 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 just has become such a part of our identity, or or maybe the other way it reflects our identity uh, in, in such an accurate way. You know, like what Chris said, like said earlier about it. The the excitement that employees have for you know getting openly socks like. I don't know. I can't say that about any previous employer that I've ever had. It's really cool. Yeah. Something else that we say is um, the brand, when we work with a company, their problem and what they're trying to solve for doesn't live out there. It actually lives in here, right? Is it in the heart of the founders and and the organization itself? And our job is just to help express that, right? So that was already innately openly. That was going to be openly to some degree, no matter what was done from a brand perspective, but then the brand comes on top of that and it says, now we can actually accurately express visually and verbally how we feel in here. And those two things married together are where the magic comes from, which is why you have a team that wears those socks as a flag basically is what they're doing, right? They're not saying I love purple or they're not saying like, I think this is the coolest logo ever. They're saying, I love everything this company stands for. I love this brand and I want to wear it to show that love for the brand. So. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, and maybe one more thing I'll, I'll add, and, and maybe this doesn't necessarily answer the question about rewarding, but it, it is, it is meaningful that, that we, we did this really early on. I think if we had, were going through this process now, it would be very challenging. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, you're, you're trying to now incorporate many more opinions and, um, and, and the, the gravity of it, I think is sometimes paralyzing. Whereas back then it was like, okay, this is exciting and we're new and like, let's, let's, it, it's also urgent. Um, and, and I don't know, we were able to be more fluid and, and open. I think now we could probably get to the same place, but it would be much more difficult. Yeah. Well said. And we see that, right? We know what it's like to work with the 12 person team, 20 person team. And we know what it's like to work with a multi-thousand person team. You can get to successful outcomes in both, but it certainly feels different. When we presented this to the, I don't know, 30 employees, by the time we, our journey ended, I was very nervous. <laughs> and just like hearing the prickets at the end of like, do people like it? Do people not like it? You know, and just like, just being, being scared that people are going to say, oh, I like the old, like design, like the old stuff more. Um, and like, we'd come up with like a 12 bullet point plan of like why we were justifying this. We didn't need any of it. Like just immediately people started saying, I love this so much. I'm so happy with it. I, yeah, I would completely agree. It's, it's so interesting to see kind of how like we had, I, like I, I had, you know, I was pushing Matt and Ty and the rest of the leadership team on like, all right, I'm going to take, uh, I was just going back this, this morning, uh, and going back through some of the, the slides, um, that you, that you sent over bill around, like, here's how, here's how you can position it. And here's how, here's the approach that you should take. And like, and I looked at this and I was like, oh, I'm not going to recreate the wheel. I'm just going to replicate that and like build this whole thing out. We had this whole, we, like Matt said, we had like all, all these talking points. We spent all this time get prepping for it. And we we're like ready for pushback and all this evidence. Like now the crickets were like, people were like, yeah, I get it. This, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. There's a good takeaway there for all the people watching. I think that is, that feels like such a critical moment of the, I hope everybody loves it. And I think everyone's going to feel that. It is very natural to feel that, but to remember, like you're saying, which is as long as it's rooted in really good purpose, right? And all that, it doesn't matter if people love purple or not. Those things become moot at the end of the day. It's this is where we're going. You build it around a vision in, in proper reasoning. And people are like, I get it. Awesome. That's the mission I want to go on. Do I personally want to wear purple? Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't matter. I think this was a really good decision for the business. So, so my next set of questions I'm really excited about. There's only two of them. Um, because sometimes when I do these, um, these interviews, I'm speaking with people maybe only three to six months after they've launched. So it's harder to understand the true performance of the brand at that point, still too early, but it's been a couple of years now. And like I said, you've gone from seed to series C and a lot has happened in between. So I'm curious. First question is what has the new brand not so new anymore, uh, allowed you to do that you could not do before? It's really that branding effort has really become ubiquitous in, in all aspects of what we do. So, right. Everything from our, our market, marketing materials and them and, and there being a consistent messaging there with the visuals and the imagery and the colors. Um, before it was very inconsistent, right? Every kind of very mishmash. And, and we also worked with you on, on everything from our from you know some of the documents that we were generating that we were sending to policyholders which i believe are the, the most beautiful and concise and clear insurance documents you'll ever receive from an insurance company to our career website which is also another project we work with you on and you know i believe we have the best talent out there and they definitely say hey i went to your career website 
And, it, you know, I wasn't sure about an insurance company, but then like I read more and looked at it. And like, hey, this is like a, a cool insurance company. I kind of want to work here. And so like it really has impacted everything from how our policyholders view us to how potential employees view us, which, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more I, I, to, to what Matt's saying. It's it's that level of consistency is just so um it just it just tightens everything up for us. And it's it's we'll go and we'll be whether we're pitching to potential investors or we're meeting with agents and we're we're using the same materials, everything kind of has that same look and feel, and it does have that really strong, like this is a sophisticated brand. Like this is a sophisticated company that understands the magnitude of what we're talking about. We are talking about protecting the most valuable assets of that that a consumer has. And and this is a serious brand. We will there's it's not stodgy and it's not you know stuffy or anything like this, but it is it's it's professional, it's it's clear, it's concise, it's just a very clean brand. And and that really resonates um, regardless of, of who we're talking to. So are you saying if you went to the investors going for your Series D with the with the old brand, it wouldn't work? <laughs> Maybe it would just be more work on you all. <laughs> uh, okay, fantastic. Um, I mean, my final question is around ROI, but is there any clear kind of ROI tracks that you can say this brand has absolutely resulted or this effort in the rebrand has resulted in this thing? I think the biggest thing is from how we engage with agents. So, so we are, I mean, we're a B to B to C play. And so we sell directly, we sell indirectly through um, independent agents. And, and what it has done is going back to that consistency and that, and that very, it's very clear what we're trying to do. It makes the process of acquiring new agents a lot easier. And so it has driven down a lot of those costs, uh, that those acquisition costs of getting an agent in the, in the front door. Um, you know, we're not necessarily having to, you know, really push hard to make sure that agents understand what we're doing. Agents get it. Like they fully understand it. They, we have had, we've had multiple viral, I use viral uh, moments within the agent space is like, they have their own, they have their own sub organization, like subculture with, especially within Facebook. Um, and, and we will like, all of a sudden we can see it. We know like all of a sudden we'll start getting a whole bunch more leads coming in and they come in the door and it's like, all of a sudden we're getting like, 50 in a day. And it's like, well, someone said something about us. And then you just go on and we find, we find the, the, the information and it's, it's because it's so clear and it's, it's everything about our brand, um, you know, is, is about, it, it, it's very, it's laid out for them there. And then, and they, so I, I think there, that's how I would say is like, there is a very clear alignment direct with, with our, with our agent acquisition costs that's been driven down from all the work that we've done focusing in on our brand. Fantastic. Love hearing that. Yeah, there aren't a lot of new insurance companies, right? You know, <laughs> and so it, it is really hard to compete when, when, when the core thing that your insurance company has to do is provide reliability and trust. And we're competing against companies that have been around for a hundred or more years, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what do you mean? Like you're, you're new. Like, can I really trust you? But I think the branding that we were able to create, um, was able to message that, um, while still having kind of a, a new, you know, angle, which is really cool. Yeah, which is probably the perfect, like, potion, right? Because people, I think, people crave new. As I think that's probably a big reason why you are successful. They don't want to go with legacy hundred-year-old companies, all because although those are trying to be built on trust, maybe over time they become untrustworthy through bad experience, et, et cetera. 
So it looks like you're new, but you can be trusted and the brand helped to support in that effort. It was probably a, a, a really important word that we worked through with y'all as we were building this. Let's make sure it comes across as trustworthy. That brings us to the end. Um, I really, really appreciate y'all spending time with me to discuss this. These are things that people need to hear. They need to know that they can invest that early. They need to know that the time commitment is large, but it's well worth it. Um, and Focus I will just be watching and cheering openly on as it continues to climb. I mean, without giving away secrets, I mean, what's next? What are, what's cooking for 2023? Continue to expand states. We're in 21 states now, continuing to grow. It's it's crazy to think that we're almost in, in half the country. Um, yeah, continue to grow with employees. Like every every new plateau feels like a totally different company. But um, yeah. but yeah, we kind of have our core values. So what else can you add, Chris? I mean, it's, it's continuing to build on the successes that we've had. So to Matt's point, adding, adding more states and expanding into new markets, um, continuing to find new ways to meet both consumers and agents where they want to be met. And, and I think that's been one of the, the really, um, fun experiences that we've had is we, because we, we're not that hundred year old company where we can do things differently. And, and so a lot of it is, okay, let's talk to someone and say, how do you want to be to to be met? Where do you want to be met? And how do you want to interact with an insurance company? And yeah, it, it's fascinating to see. We we look at our NPS results, and you see some of the highest scores are on the lowest touch claims experiences, and and that is a that is completely counterintuitive to what a legacy company would think about. And it's because the customer wants to do a lot of this stuff on their own, and they want to do it in a, in a very flexible way. So let's meet them there. And so that we're, we're taking that and we've, we've built on a bunch of pilots and a bunch of relationships, uh, with, with different, with different companies that think differently about, about the, the claims process. And, and we're going to continue to scale that and make that more and more mature and finding new agents that, that want to work with us. We have, we have, uh, we have almost 25,000 agents that, uh, that talk with us on, and have access to the quote, um, openly right now. So we are. When, when, when you, when we started talking to you, we were, you know, under a hundred. Um, and, and so it's been a lot of growth there. So it's, we're going to continue to expand there and, and keep, uh, keep, keep bringing, bringing openly to as many, uh, to as many consumers as we possibly can. Love it. And at some point, y'all being and bringing the bell somewhere on the exchange. And I'll be like, I, I know those guys and women. I know them. Uh, well, props to you all. We, we loved working with you. Anything you need in the future, absolutely come back around. I would say that you're very high in the tops of like focus lab client relationship. There's this perfect blend of you're shaking it up. Uh, you're really smart and have a lot to add. You're also really trust, trusting in working with a partner and there's just really nice collaboration that happens when all those things are in, um, in harmony. So thank you all for that. Wish you the best. Uh, I know the team will be excited to watch this because there's a lot of love for openly at focus lab. And that's vice versa too. Yeah, it's <clears throat> vice versa. The, the market, our marketing team, uh, raves about the time that they've, that they've worked with, um, with, with the focus lab team and, and on all the subsequent work and projects that we've taken on, like we've, everything is it's always been such an amazing experience that's what we care about most we know it's a daunting task to go through a rebrand so our job we believe is to make it the best customer experience and that the work that we output now 
is table stakes to us, right? That's a given. The work has to be good. But delivering an experience that y'all got to experience, that's what we care about. Number one. All right, gentlemen. Happy Friday. Um, see you out there. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time, Bill. Yeah.